Hello class, my name is Lisa Flores and I will be discussing Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, most commonly known as ADHD. I chose this disorder because I have worked with a group of kids diagnosed and medicated with ADHD. I am now currently working as a registered behavior technician with a case of a child who is also diagnosed with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. I realize that this is a disorder that many people don't understand. I include myself. I don't know much about this disorder, and seeing as many kids are being diagnosed and medicated with ADHD, I took an interest to learn more about the disorder. I want to take this podcast opportunity not only to educate myself, but to educate and inform others as well. ADHD also known as Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders in childhood. What this neurodevelopmental disorder consists of is a persistent pattern of inattention, hyperactivity, and or impulsivity that interferes in functioning or development. With that being said, I want to mention the fact that in a population survey, ADHD occurs in most cultures in about 5% of children and about 2.5% of adults. ADHD is most frequently seen in males than in females. Females are more likely to be presented with inattentive features and males are more likely to be presented with hyperactivity and impulsivity features. ADHD consists of these three features. Based on the DSM-5 manual, inattention is most likely to be manifested in behaviors. This may include having a difficulty maintaining focus, wandering off during tasks, being disorganized, and this is all not due to a lack of comprehension. Hyperactivity refers to excessive motor activity when not appropriate, excessive fidgeting, tapping, and a lot of talking. An example of hyperactivity would be not being able to sit still in a classroom. Hyperactivity can also be seen in adults that would consist of restlessness or wearing others out with their activities. Last but certainly not least, impulsivity may reflect impulsive behaviors such as interrupting others, making decisions without consideration, and engaging in reckless, risky, or antisocial activity. ADHD symptoms start before the age of 12, but they can also be noticeable as early as three years of age. ADHD is most often identified in elementary school years which is also where inattention comes to become more prominent and impairing. Through teenage years and adulthood, the disorder relatively stables. However, with ADHD, the difficulties of restlessness, inattention, poor planning, and impulsivity will persist. In order to get diagnosed, symptoms must be manifested in more than one setting, such as a person's home, school, or workplace. ADHD may present itself as an attention or 
hyperactivity impulsivity disorder you might ask yourself what does this mean yes there are different sets of systems for both of these features to specify inattention includes often failing to give close attention to detail or make careless mistakes in schoolwork at work or during activities having difficulty sustaining attention in tasks or in playing activities seeming to not listen when a person is being spoken to directly not following through instructions and failing to finish work chores duties or anything of that sort having difficulty organizing tasks and activity avoiding and disliking reluctant engaging tasks that sustain any mental effort losing things that are necessary to perform tasks and activity easily being distracted by any external stimuli and being forgetful in daily activities with all these symptoms that i have mentioned in inattention six or more of these symptoms should persist in at least six months to a degree where it is inconsistent with developmental levels that can negatively be impacted directly through a social, academic, or occupational activity. Now that I have mentioned the symptoms for inattention, I will mention the symptoms for hyperactivity and impulsivity. The symptoms include often fidgeting with or tapping hands or feet, squaring off a seat, often leaving seats in situation when remaining seated is expected, often running out or climbing in situations where it is inappropriate, unable to play or engage in leisure activities quietly, talking excessively, blurting out answers before a question has been completed, difficulty waiting in his or her turn, and interrupting or intruding others. Just as the inattentive symptoms, hyperactivity and impulsivity should show six or more of the following symptoms and they should be persistent in at least six months. To be able to degree that the inconsistent with that developmental level can negatively impact a direct social and academic occupational activity. In someone age 17 and older, only five of these symptoms are required. A diagnosis in ADHD is a process that includes various steps. There is no single testing in ADHD. There are certain treatments that can be caused by ADHD. The treatments that ADHD can be combined either with behavior therapy and medication. For children four through five years old, it is advised that parents have a training to deal with this disorder. Later on in time, there are different treatments and courses that can be taken according to the child and the parent's decision. Good treatment plans will include close monitoring, follow-ups, and making changes if needed along the way. Hi class, my name is Lisette Flores 
and in today's final episode of the podcast series on attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, I'm going to be talking about why I chose ADHD and how it has impacted me to learn more about this disorder and also encourage me to exceed in my job and help children that are diagnosed with ADHD. I recently started working as a registered behavior technician. The case I was assigned is a child, six-year-old boy, diagnosed with ADHD and borderline autism. When I was presented with this case, the analyst and parent's request was for me to target the client's ADHD diagnosis. Prior to working in this field, I used to work with kids during the after-school program in the city parks, meaning I was presented with many different children, different parks, different ages. And one common characteristic that I found in each and every park that I worked at for those two years were kids diagnosed with ADHD. Some of them were taking medication, some of them weren't, and some of them were just not accepting their diagnosis. That got me to thinking. Back when I was young and in school, it wasn't as common to see kids taking medication for their attention or hyperactivity. Or it was not common to see kids diagnosed with ADHD as common as it is today. Today, in today's day, it's more of a popular thing. It's kind of just normal to see kids that are diagnosed with ADHD. I thought that since I was going to be working so close to this disorder, I would take the opportunity to learn more about it. While working on this podcast, I have been able to uncover information that I do not know about. I have also been able to go more in depth and create my own point of view about ADHD. Throughout this podcast series, I have discussed the controversies about public health concerns about medicating or not medicating kids with ADHD, the concern about ADHD being overdiagnosed and misdiagnosed, and the alternative treatments to treat ADHD. I have learned that we should not cast these kids out or make them feel different. We should be patient and help them because they have a bright future ahead of them. With the client that I am working, I have been noticing that his teachers put most of the pressure on his parents and on the child for him to be more attentive, not be so hyper, be able to focus, be able to complete tasks. And that is all okay, but we have to learn that these kids shall not be um, pressured. They shouldn't be forced because they just turn away when that is done to them. They need to be helped. They need to be given more time. They need to be treated with patience and with calmness. But due to the society that we live in today, we're so rushed and so pressured that we force them to be like that. Teachers now and day working with children prefer to have a classroom where all the kids are calm, cool, and collected and learning at the same speed. 
Kids are not the same. Kids are different in their own way. They learn in different ways. So we cannot expect to pressure them into a certain way of learning if that's not the way that they learn, if that's not the way that they have attention. So that's why while taking this podcast and this opportunity to learn more about ADHD and also living it so closely with the client that I'm working with, I've noticed that he works better when I give him breaks, when I give him incentives and those are just things that help him and that's what we all have to grasp onto i have also learned that there are other alternatives to medicating these kids and primarily that parents should be informed and also know that their kids and what works for them i go back to my personal case with my client his parents are battling back and forth whether to medicate him or not medicate him right now we have gone through trials and we first started medicating him with the first round of stimulants that his neurologist prescribed the side effects that those medications gave to this child who is six years old which his brain is still developing were very harsh side effects He was being tachycardic. He was being even more hyper than usual. So we end up coming to the conclusion that that stimulant medication did not work for him. Now, he's been working better without medication than he has with medication. A good alternative treatment has been the ABA therapy that I have been providing him. Plus, other different alternatives that have helped aside from having him being medicated or being acting in the effects the secondary effects that that medication provides for him last but certainly not least while working on this podcast i have been able to fall in love with the job that i'm doing i have been able to be more blessed and just see the opportunity that i have for what I'm doing and what I want to keep on doing. Do I have been able to push myself harder and just find different ways and strategies that I can help my client and help him be better. Aside from all of this, this podcast has really been eye-opening. I have been able to not only learn more about a disorder, but I have been able to understand it, to grasp it, and to even empathize it more. Before this podcast, I used to think ADHD was not as important as it is. I, I really, I thought it was more of a disorder that wasn't that didn't have that much importance. But now that I have been working with kids that have been diagnosed with ADHD for almost three years, I think it is important. And it's important to target it, to help these kids, and to make a difference in their life. Because with these type of kids, we have been pushing them aside to a group of they can do the bare minimum. But it's not like that. These kids have a lot to offer. We just have to be able to give them those tools for them to be able to work as hard as they can this experience was truly amazing i never thought that 
I would learn as much as I did or I would be able to get out of my comfort zone and do and perform the way that I have been performing. But I truly did learn about ADHD and I will definitely always take into consideration what I've learned in this podcast series.